Thank you for taking the time to listen to this audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center. Our prayer is that you will be encouraged and blessed by the anointed Word of God. If you'd like more information about Apostolic Worship Center and its ministries, visit our website at www.awcnorman.com. Genesis chapter 26, beginning in verse number 18, says that Isaac digged again the wells of water, which they had digged in the days of Abraham his father for the Philistines, had stopped them after the death of Abraham, and he called their names after the names by which his father had called them. And Isaac's servants digged in the valley and found there a well of springing water. And the herdmen of Gerar did strive with Isaac's herdmen, saying, The water is ours. And he called the name of the well Esek, because they strove with him. And they digged another well, and strove for that also, and he called the name of it Sitna. And he removed from thence and digged another well. And for that they strove not. And he called the name of it Rehoboth. And he said, For now the Lord hath made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. <laughs> Digging well after well after well. And he gets to a place where he says, the Lord has made room for us. Today, for a few moments, I want to talk to you on this thought. There's room at the well. There's room at the well. One more time, in this great atmosphere where the presence of the Lord is, could we lift our hands and our voices, and could we pray that we would receive the Word with all readiness and eagerness of spirit today, that it would bring revelation, that it would call us and spur us to action. Jesus, we are grateful today. For the great presence of the Lord that we have already felt in this house. I know, Lord, that you have laid a word upon our heart for such a time as this. And I pray, Lord, that we could preach it under the unction and direction of the Holy Ghost today. And that it would prick the heart, God, and that it would move us, Lord, into action and to drawing near unto you. I pray, Lord, that there would be a great moving of your spirit through the word today. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Can you put your hands together in a great shout of praise unto the Lord right now? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. They say that you never miss the water until the well runs dry. We're so used to having what we need when we need it that all of a sudden when it dries up and it's no longer readily available and at our fingertips, we miss it. We take our lives for granted. We take the blessings of the Lord for granted, and oftentimes it takes tragedy for us to realize what it is that we are missing. It seems that there comes a moment in every life when barrenness strikes. Life can be at ease one day and thrown completely awry the next. And when famine comes into our world, it can be turned upside down. And all of a sudden, panic and Overwhelm comes into our lives in an instant, in a moment that we weren't expecting or waiting for it to come our way. Isaac must have had a moment where that feeling of anxiety came upon him when in that first verse of that 26th chapter that we read from today tells us that there was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. Isaac thinks that things 
are going okay. He thinks that he's going in the right direction. He's uh, kind of made a little home base for himself there in, in Gerar in the land of the Philistines. And all of a sudden he is faced with the loss of provision for his home. Now they are unsure of where their sustenance is going to come from. So the question naturally arises, where do we go from here? Where do we turn from this moment? And what do we do to correct the course of action? Uh, what is the correct course of action to ensure the well-being of our home, of our family? How do we secure our future? And the Lord tells them in the second verse of Genesis 26, the Lord appeared unto Isaac and said, Go not down into Egypt, but dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee, and will bless thee. For unto thee and unto thy seed I will give all these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. Maybe Isaac's first inclination would have been to run to Egypt. There's no famine in Egypt. There seems to be a lot going on in that land. It seems to be that I could just pack up the tents and I could make a caravan of the family and we could get down to Egypt and everything would be alright. But God speaks and says, No, Isaac, I don't want you to go to Egypt. I don't want you to go to where you don't have to depend upon me. But I want you to stay right here in the middle of the famine. And I want you to trust in me. And if you will... Trust in me, I will make the same covenant with you that I made with your father, Abraham. Isn't that the way that you and I think, that we can just go this way and we'll just run over here because we know we can find provision over there. We know we can find exactly what we need over there. But I think every now and then the Lord would speak to us and say, hang on, right where you're at. I know it doesn't look like things are good and it doesn't look like things are going to go your way, but I've got you right here because I want you to trust in me. I want you to depend upon me. I want you to rely upon me he says stay here trust in me and I'm going to give you the same promise that I made to your father that promise he gives to Isaac is in verse number 5 he said I'm going to make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven he said and I will give unto thy seed all these countries and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed what a promise from God what a word from heaven that he would speak to Isaac. He, he would say, Isaac, I know it doesn't look like uh, as you look around at your current predicament, as you look around at what's going on in your life, that it looks like you see life and success. But if you'll trust in me, I'm going to bring about something great in your life. I'm going to bring about supernatural promises and provision that can only come from the throne of heaven. And verse number 6 tells us that Isaac dwelt in Gerar. Isaac obeys the voice of the Lord and he begins to prosper right there in the middle of a famine, in the middle of what is a drought and what seems to be a place where nothing good can come from. And You know, I think some of us wonder why we can't get ahead in life and wonder why we can't ever seem to make ends meet. I, I wonder when the last time is that we trusted in the Lord. When's the last time that we were dependent upon His provision, that we obeyed His voice as He spoke to us and He directed us. Verse number 12 of Genesis 26 tells us that Isaac sowed in the land and he received in the same year an hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. And the man waxed 
great and went forward and grew until he became very great because there's something that happens when I obey the voice of the Lord. When I listen to His command and I commit to His way, there's something that happens in my life where God begins to release the supernatural and God begins to release the blessings. When I listen and obey, God says, I'm going to make them great in the land that they are in. And so Isaac is there. He's prospering in a land of famine. He's prospering in a place where he shouldn't be prospering. He's prospering in. And the Philistines that are around him start to take notice. They start to see something is different about Isaac. We're all in a famine, but what he puts in the ground produces crops, while what I put in the ground is choked out by the thorns and by the dust. And so they become envious, and they stopped up the wells of Isaac's father Abraham, the wells that he had dug. They filled those wells with dirt, and they caused them to be unusable. Can I tell you something today? It's when the adversary sees your life and he sees the blessings of the Lord upon you and sees you prospering in a land of an adversary, in the land of the wicked. He'll do what he can, everything that he can to destroy your source of peace. He'll do everything that he can to bring chaos and calamity into your life. Isaac's over here minding his own business, dwelling in the land that the Lord had told him to stay in. And the Lord is blessing him. But the enemy tries to rattle him the enemy tries to shake him tries to get him to put his trust somewhere else tries to get him to put his trust in something beyond what the Lord has been giving to him I believe I've come under the unction of the Holy Ghost today to preach to some of us in this room today that have been in a season where the enemy has been caving in your wells wells that you may have drawn from for a long time everything has been comfortable everything has felt alright as, as the blessings of the Lord have come upon you but the enemy has come into your home and he's coming into your family and he's tried to shake you up and he's tried to get you to put your peace and your comfort within something else you've got wells that have sustained you and they have kept you and now the enemy has come along and caused them to crumble in and anxiety has overtaken you and worry has surrounded you and doubt has you wondering how that you're going to survive how am I going to provide for my family after this event has taken place how will we move forward after this report how are we going to find blessing and comfort and peace when the enemy keeps bombarding my family and every time I think we get things going right he comes in and destroys it again he brings anxiety and he brings conflict into my home I cry at night wondering how in the world God is going to restore the peace. I'm preaching to somebody today who is right where I've just been talking to you about because you thought it was alright, but the enemy has begun to shake and begin to move. So Isaac, he packs up his family and his possessions and he makes his way into the valley. And in verse number 18, it says that Isaac digged again the wells of water which they had digged in the days of Abraham his father. And Isaac's servants, in verse number 19, digged in the valley and they found there a well of springing water. The adversary, he may try to knock me down, but there's something the devil doesn't know about you and I. It's that we don't quit very easy. I'm just going to keep on digging. 
I'm just going to keep on striving. I'm just going to keep on working. And the well shall spring up. That's what the children of Israel began to sing when they were in the wilderness. Spring up, O well. Spring up, O well. Somebody who's been facing the turmoil of the enemy ought to walk back into your home this afternoon. Stand there in the middle of your home and just begin to sing, Spring up, O well. Spring up, O well. I know the enemy tried to cave it in. I know he tried to knock it over with dirt and debris, but I'm going to keep on digging. You can bring all the famine that you want. You can bring all the restlessness that you want, but I'm going to keep on digging. Isaiah and Genesis, Isaac and Genesis 26 says the herdmen of Gerard did strive with Isaac's herdmen, saying the water is ours. And he called the name of that well Esig, which means strife, because they strode with him. He dug the well, but the enemy came back and said, no, you can't have that, that well. And so he called it strife. But what Isaac do? He didn't just sit down and suck his thumb. But no, he went on. In verse number 21, he says he digged another well. And he strove for that also. And he called the name of it Sitna, which means contention. So he's dealt with strife, but he kept on digging. He'd dealt with contention but he keeps on digging and verse number 22 said he removed from thence and he digged another well you can deal with contention and you can deal with the division bring it on devil but I'm going to keep on digging there may be some strife there may be some conflict there may be some things I've got to fight my way through and battle my way through but I'm going to keep on digging because I know there's a well that's going to spring up come on how many needs a well of living water to spring up ah spring up oh well Isaac made up his mind that no matter what comes my way I'm gonna keep on digging anybody ever ever been in a situation where maybe it was you or maybe it was somebody else they they started saying stupid stuff they started saying things that were were they were digging a hole is what we call it, right? And you tell them, stop right there. You're just digging a deeper hole. But can I just reverse that a little bit today and make that a good thing to do? Some of you need to go into your home and just begin to speak. And Because when you speak life into your home, what you're doing is you're digging a deeper hole. You're just digging, and you're digging, and you're digging. And the more you dig, and the deeper you go, you're going to find water that's going to spring up abundant in your life. You're going to find a peace that passes all understanding standing as you keep on digging in your home so imagine imagine Isaac's predicament imagine what he's dealing with and what he's facing everywhere that he's gone he's met strife and he's met contention Peace seems to be elusive. What has become of the promises of God? God, you said you were going to make of me a great nation. You said that you were going to bring peace and provision to my home. But I, everywhere I go, all I find is strife and I find contention. He's unsettled as he seeks for a source of life for his family and for his followers. He's looking for somewhere that he belongs. He's looking for somewhere that he fits in. He's looking for somewhere where they don't kick him out and tell him to go on down the road. He's looking for somewhere that can satisfy the longing that is in his soul. And he gets to this place in verse number 22 where he digged another well. And for that they strove not. And he called the name of it Rehoboth. And he said, for now, 
the Lord hath made room for us. He called that well Rehoboth which means wide spaces. He said, I found a place where there's no strife and no contention, but there's plenty of room for all that would gather in. The Lord has made a place for me that is far from all of the discord and the discomfort and the conflict. Isaiah, Isaac has been in a position where he feels unwanted. He doesn't fit in. Everywhere he turns, he's met with friction. But finally, he comes across a well where the Lord has made room for him. I want to let you know that you just keep on digging. You just keep on fighting. You just keep on moving forward because there is a well where there is room for you. Yeah. Yeah, you've been fighting. You've been searching. You've been looking for that place where you fit in. That place where you belong. That place where, where all the, the turmoil kind of falls into the background and you haven't found it. I know you've tried this and you've tried that and you've gone there and you've gone here. And everywhere you go, the peace seems to be elusive. But there is a well where there is room for you. I wonder, I wonder as Isaac sat around that well drawing from it, if his mind wouldn't wander back to a lady by the name of Hagar, who was the mother of his stepbrother Ishmael. You remember Hagar, it was Isaac's father Abraham who tried to speed up the plan of God by producing a child with his wife's handmaiden, Hagar. He should have waited for God and waited in the timing of God, but, but they could not produce children, and so Rebekah offers her handmaiden, Hagar, and Ishmael is born. He's not the promised child but he is the problem child and once Isaac is born there is animosity and there is disharmony that arises between Hagar and Rebekah Isaac's mother and they begin to fight and they begin to have conflict because Rebekah recognizes the mistake that she has made and now rather than the promise of God there are two that are trying to fit into this family Isaac and Ishmael are fighting for the favor of the mother and of the father. And they, there's just not room for both of them there. And so Rebekah goes crying to Abraham. And I, Abraham goes out to Hagar. And he says, you're going to have to leave. I know you thought there was provision here. I know you thought you'd always have a home here. But, but you're going to have to leave. And so he gives them meager provisions and sends Hagar and Ishmael out into the wilderness where soon their provision and their supply runs out. And they are there in the middle of the wilderness having been cast out because of contention and strife. They left there in the wilderness and Hagar shoves that child up under a shrub and she goes a ways off so that she doesn't have to watch him die because she knows that her life is over. Can you imagine with me today the pain and the turmoil that was in that mother's heart as she knew that not only was her child going to die but she was going to die also and there was absolutely nothing that she can do about it. She lay there the heat of the sun beating down upon her the dust dry and hard beneath her when all of a sudden an angel of the Lord appears unto Hagar because you see the lad hadn't been dying under the bush he had been praying under the bush and the angel tells her in Genesis chapter 21 and verse number 19 that to open up your eyes and when she opened up her eyes she saw a well of water 
Can you imagine the relief that must have come over her? She's been outcast. She didn't fit in. But all of a sudden, she sees a well that has room for her. A well that she can draw from. A well whose supply is going to draw out and bring life and provision to her home and to her family. I want to let you know today that there is a well with room enough for you. Don't give up hope. Don't throw in the towel. Don't surrender now. But even in the midst of your wilderness season, there is a well that God will provide. You may not have seen it before, but listen for the voice of God. He's going to come just through in the nick of time. There's a well. There's a well. There's a well that has room enough for you. I'm reminded of the time that Jesus was sitting at a well just outside of Samaria. The disciples have gone on their way trying to find some dinner for all of them that are on the journey that night. But as Christ sat there waiting, a woman comes to draw water from the well. The dialogue that would follow is quite interesting as we read about it in John chapter number 4. He asked her for water, but she questions him and says, Why would you, a Jew... Ask water of a Samaritan. Don't you know that I am not one of God's children? Don't you know that I am not of the chosen tribe of Israel? I am a Samaritan. I am an outcast. I am one who doesn't fit in. I'm one who doesn't belong. But Jesus tells her in John chapter 4 and verse number 10, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink. Thou wouldest ask of him, and he would have given thee living water. He said, if you understood the situation that you were in, and that you weren't just at any other well. I know you've come here often. I know you're accustomed to coming and drawing from this well, but this well has changed a little bit today because Jesus is here. This ain't the well that you're used to. This is a well that has room enough for everybody. And if you understood that there was room in my kingdom for you, you would have asked me, and I would have given to you a living water. And she kind of scoffs at him, and she kind of mocks back at him asking how in the world he's going to draw water from the well without a bucket and Jesus kind of shakes his head and, and says you don't get it in verse number 13 he says to her whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again this is the well that you're used to you come back every day because it runs out and you get thirsty again but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give to him shall never thirst but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well, a well of water that is springing up into everlasting life. The well that I made room for you at is a well of eternal salvation. It is a well of eternal peace and comfort. Is there anybody under the sound of my voice today that's had an experience with the living water of God? I wonder if there's anybody they could just wave a hand right now and you could testify to the fact that the living water shall provide all of your needs. Does anybody remember what it's like to be in a dry and thirsty land where no water is and to come upon that well of everlasting water and drink from its cool, refreshing strings, springs? There's nothing like the living water.
so the conversation continues. And we find that this woman has had five husbands. And the man that she's living with now is not her husband. It's obvious that she's been in search of satisfaction. She's been searching for a place where she feels belonging. A place where she feels as if she belongs and she hasn't found it. That's why she's had so many men in her life. She's been looking for a place of acceptance. But all she's found is strife and contention. All she has found everywhere that she has looked is that she is an outcast. That she is somebody who doesn't belong and doesn't fit in. But that day she met somebody. She met somebody who could turn turn it all around I know there's so many that are searching for satisfaction they understand that there is a void in their life they understand that they are empty that they are thirsty and they are longing for something but what they don't often realize is what can fill them that there is a place for them that is what they get that can provide what their soul longs for you may have come into this place on this Sunday morning thirsty, searching, desperate for something, wondering how in the world I'm going to find what I need. But can I tell you today, you've come to the right place because at this well, there is room enough. There is water enough. There is peace enough for all who enter in. There's room at the well. There's so many. There's so many. To felt the sting of rejection, strife, and contention feel as if they have come for you at every turn in the trail. Disharmony, disunity have felt like they are constant companions and that they are your only companion. Satisfaction may have felt like it has been elusive. The promises of God seem as if they will never come to pass, but the Lord has made room at the well. The well is where your need and your provision meet. That's what the well is. The place where you come with need in your spirit or the longing in your heart. When you come to the well, thirsty and dry though you may be, you'll find provision there. At the well, you find that the waters can be drawn for everybody that comes. It doesn't matter the need. I can come to the well and I find a source of sustenance. You see, when you come to the well and you drink of His water, sorrow has to flee. When you come to the well and you draw from it, you'll find acceptance into His body. Whatever you need, whatever void you may feel, when you come to His well and you drink from the waters of life, you find provision there. The greatest need that any of us have is the need for salvation. Isaiah chapter 12 and verse number 3, the prophet declares, Therefore with joy... Shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation? 
I've come in today far from God. I've come with a light that's been wrecked by the, by the terror of sin. I've come in by a light with a light that's been torn apart with all the chaos and confusion of the world. I don't feel as if I fit in anywhere. I don't feel as if I belong anywhere. But today in this house, there is water that you can draw from the wells of salvation. And He is going to fill you to overflow. He's going to fill you with abundance all are welcome. There is room here for you at this well. Your needs can be met and your dry and barren condition can be transformed. It was Christ Himself who in John chapter 7 and verse number 37 in that last day, that great day of the feast, that Christ stood and He cried, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly, out of his belly, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. I know you felt like there was nothing else to give. I know you felt as if there was nothing else inside of you. You were void of all peace and serenity. You were void of anything that could guide and govern your life. But when you draw from the wells of salvation, he said, I'm going to let waters flow out of you. Living water is going to be begin to flow in you and through you. I wish somebody on this Sunday morning would lift up your voice and your hands to heaven and thank God for the Spirit of the Lord that flows in us. Thank you, Jesus. It's the greatest need that we have. And we find here at the well that there is room for us. There are a number of brides in Scripture that were found at a well. Abraham sent a servant to find a wife for Isaac, and that servant made an agreement with the Lord that the girl that came to the well and offered him and his camels a drink would be the wife of Isaac. And so Isaac finds his wife there. And Isaac's son Jacob would meet his wife at a well, and even Moses would find his wife Zipporah at a well. The bride is often found at the well. I know we've been searching for acceptance, but can I tell you today that the Lord is looking for a bride. And when the Lord looks for a bride, He comes to the well. And He invites all who are empty, all who are searching to come and to be His bride. Today in this house, you can walk out with a new covenant. You can walk out with a new promise in this place because the Lord is at the well today and He's searching for the outcast. He's searching for the lonely. He's searching for the confused and the empty. He's searching for those whose wells have been crumbling and caving in. And He's offering today a new covenant, a new agreement that you would be my bride. It was after some time that Isaac went from where he was in Gerard to a new place. And as he left the place where he was, after some time had passed, King Abimelech makes the journey from Gerard to where Isaac is, and they made there a covenant of peace. That there would be no discord between them no longer, no conflict and no strife. Genesis 26 and 32 says that it came to pass the same day, the same day that he had made the covenant with, the Lord, with, with Abimelech, that Isaac's servants came and told him concerning the well which they had digged and said unto him, We have found water here 
in this place. And so Isaac called the place Sheba. Therefore, the name of the city is Beersheba unto this day. The word Sheba means oath. And Beersheba simply means the well of the oath. Because it's at the well that we enter into this covenant relationship with God. When we enter into a marriage, what do we call that? We call that a covenant. It's a covenant relationship. It's an oath that we make to our bride that we will be eternally committed to them. And when you come to the well, you make a covenant with the Lord that I'm going to be yours. And the psalmist said, Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Would you stand to your feet with me all across this room on the Sunday morning? The well is the place where the thirsty come to drink. A place where needs are fulfilled. A place where He will make room for you. I know, I know that this week has made you feel as though you belong here. I know the pressures at the job and the doctor's report and the family strife and confusion has caused you to feel as if you are out of your mind, let alone in the will of God. But I believe the Holy Ghost has sent me here today with a great burden in this room to let you know that there's room at the well. And at the well, every need will be met. And He will call you into His family. He will meet us there at the well in our place of need, in our place of thirst, in our place of emptiness. And when we acknowledge our need and we come to the well, Christ will receive us as His bride and He's going to offer us living water because there's room at the well for you. Every eye closed in this room right now, every head bowed. The peace of the Holy Ghost has been here from the very first opening note that we sung today until this very moment. The peace of the Lord has encompassed this room. You can't see it with your own eyes right now, but I, I sense that there is a flow of the Spirit of God that is happening in this room right now. Living water is running across this place today and He's, he's calling. He's beckoning. Would you come to the well? I know you're unsatisfied with where you are, but if you will come, you can drink freely here. You can drink of the waters of life and you shall never thirst again. In this room, in this place, I wonder if you would slip a hand up to heaven right where you stand right now. Just slip a hand up to heaven in acknowledgement that I need the peace of the Lord right now. I need the flow of His Spirit to wash over me, to cover me, to comfort me. Come on, it's flowing in this room right now, sir. It's okay to let those tears flow. Come on, ma'am, it's all right right now. That's the power of the Holy Spirit that you feel at work in your life. You're feeling something right now that you haven't felt in a long time, and that's the acceptance of the Lord in your life. All you've been dealing with is pain and rejection, but I want to let you know there's acceptance in this room today. Right now, for who you are, whoever you may be, and whatever you've been going through, there's water here today for you. I open this altar on this Sunday morning. If you would come and stand, kneel, kneel, 
whatever you're comfortable doing, but I want you to come and stand right here in front of this pulpit today, right here in the middle of this altar. Whoever you may be in this room, I want you to come. If you would just acknowledge that God, I've been in a place where it seems the enemy has been caving in every source of peace. I've been in a place where it seems the enemy is bringing discord into my family. I want you to come and stand in the middle of this auditorium today and we're going to pray over you and we're going to call on the name of Jesus over your life and over your home today. And we're going to ask that the Lord would bring peace and safety into your home today. Mm. Come on, that's it. That's it. Wherever you are in this room, I urge you to come. I implore you today. The Lord is saying, come near unto the waters of salvation. Draw and I shall provide for you. You have been listening to an audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center located in Norman, Oklahoma. We are located at 3221 North Porter Avenue, Norman, Oklahoma, 73071. Our service times are Sunday at 10 o'clock a.m. and 6 o'clock p.m. And we also have various ministries happening on Wednesday night. For more information, visit our website, www.awcnorman.com. Call us at 405-329-1285 or email us at info at awcnorman.com. We hope that this recording has been a blessing to you.